Matthew Stafford finally gets the credit he deserves. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two-time Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor and subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel, getting close to 12,000 subs, and we're going to be here all season long, so definitely drop those comments, too, if you want to see your question featured on a future mailbag episode. We are banking those. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. SI 24-7 Sports Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams 4 locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. Of course, he's known the, the streets as the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, we got a jam-packed Super Bowl-themed episode. Should Matthew Stafford have won Super Bowl MVP over Cooper Cup? What will it take for Matthew Stafford to go down as the best quarterback in Los Angeles, St. Louis Rams history? And also, we're talking about Brock Purdy versus Kurt Warner. What's the better story? Lots of topics on today's show. But first, this episode of Locked on Rams is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, Travis, first topic we're going to dive into on this one is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes had a lot of really nice things about Matthew Stafford. And he was given his top four quarterbacks that he watched and who he was influenced by when he was growing up. And he has Matthew Stafford. He said, everybody talks about the sidearm throws and the no-look passes. I mean, that's from watching guys like Matthew Stafford play. I've been able to do it. I kind of got some hype coming into the league. But, I mean, if you watch the film, he's the guy that kind of started that stuff off. So, Gotta love him showing some love to our boy, Matty Stafford. Yeah, you know, it, what it reminds me a little bit of is Steph Curry, right? That Steph Curry was kind of the first guy to do a thing that kind of freed up a whole bunch of other guys to go do that thing, right? That Steph obviously is the greatest shooter of all time. and But what he made it was, you know, if you're open and you got a 25-footer, let it rip, man. Go do it. Matthew Stafford made it okay to throw off-platform. He made it okay to throw a no-look pass. He made it okay to throw, you know, sidearm, to kind of slide it underneath the defender's arm or whatever it may be. And, and I'm not saying that Stafford's place in the NFL is equivalent to Curry's in the NBA, but it's a similar kind of unlocking of some things that Matthew Stafford doing what he did as well as he did it allowed Patrick Mahomes to see it and say, okay, let me see if I can take that thing to the next level, which he has, you know, he's going to play in his fourth Super Bowl before the age of 30, which is just ridiculous. Uh, you know, he could win his third Super Bowl before the age of 30, which is even more ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, you, you can see the fingerprints of a Matthew Stafford style of player on Patrick Mahomes. He, he Mahomes improvises even more than Stafford does, but Stafford was kind of the first guy to just do a whole bunch of things that you'd never seen before. 
Absolutely. He definitely opened the door for plays like that. I and mean, I've said over and over again, every time Mahomes makes a play like that, people act like he was the originator of that style of play. No, I mean, go look at Matthew Stafford's highlights with the Detroit Lions. And also, yeah. let's be honest, Matthew Stafford has the best play in Super Bowl history. The no-look pass to extend the drive. I mean, that will go down as the most magical play in Super Bowl history, in my opinion, because he didn't do it to showboat. He didn't do it to show off. He did it because it was the only way he could have gotten the safety away to make that throw and drop it in there. And it still gives me goosebumps. I still think about it you know, a couple times a week. And I think that's such a defining play for him. And it really will go down as just such a legacy play for his career. I love how you said it, too. It wasn't done for style points. It was done out of necessity. It was done because I got to move that guy out of the way, and the only way I'm going to move him out of the way is if I look over here and throw it over there. It wasn't done like this wasn't a Lamar Jackson running into the end zone and doing a, a flip just because it looks cool, which it does. This was done with, was because it had to be done to make that play. Uh, you know, ha had it been for a touchdown, I think what you're talking about, DMAC, everybody would agree with. They're like, okay, he threw a no-look pass, but because it came on the drive leading to the touchdown, I, I do think that outside of guys like you and me and Rams fans and our everydayers, it's one of those. We remember Cup getting the touchdown. You remember Aaron Donald ripping Joe Burrow down to the ground. You remember these sorts of things, and that no-look pass was kind of the thing leading up to it. And I, I agree with you. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. Yeah, sometimes it makes me wish we could show highlights on this show, right? But, uh, of course, we don't have those NFL rights. Okay, <laughs> but still, dig deep, if my we friend. did, <laughs> I would urge all Rams fans, and I know you already have seen this play a trillion times, but go look where Bell is and Cup. Look where Bell and Cup are when Matthew Stafford still has the ball in his hands and he's yeah. about to release it. Just look where they're lined up. The fact that he fit into that tight window, he froze Bell. It's almost like it like had a magical hand out there and just blocked him from him and was able to fit that in there. And we're talking about not in the preseason, not in the regular sure. season or a playoff game, in the game-winning drive of the Super Bowl. Yeah. I still can't wrap my head around it. It was just incredible. It, it, it was, and, and now you see it in regular season games. You'll see it in other places, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, I've seen that before. But that was the first time that you've really seen it, and to your point, it was the time that it was delivered that made it just extra special that in a preseason game, right? Like you'll see some stuff in an NBA all-star game or, or just something where there are literally no stakes. Like, hey, I wonder if I could do this if I no look past a guy. But clearly he had done it hundreds, if not thousands of times in practice, hundreds, if not thousands of times in you know high school and college and the NFL leading up to the moment where it wasn't done out of, hey, I'm just going to try something. It's, I know how this works. Cup, most importantly, knew it was coming his way. You know, let's not undersell the fact that he needed to be ready for that because, you know, nobody's looking at you and all of a sudden it's like playing with Magic Johnson, right? That those guys learn really quickly. You either get ready to catch that ball or it's going to hit you in the back of the head. It was just, it's one of those plays that, you know, you and I could be doing this podcast 10 years, 15 years from now. We're still going to be talking about it. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. I mean, you talk about some of my favorite plays in Super Bowl history. Still might be a little partial to Harrison's 100-yard run back for the Pretty Steelers, good. of course. Rumbling, stumbling. That's definitely up there. But also, my favorite. Oh, my favorite has to be Malcolm Butler. The Malcolm Butler interception. That one is also one of my favorites. Santonio Holmes' catch is incredible. You've had so many incredible plays, but I definitely think that since it wasn't for a touchdown, yeah. right, you won't see it mentioned. Matthew Stafford's 22-yard completion to cut. But like you said, 
Hey, you think of no look passes in LA, you think of Magic Johnson. I think of Matthew Stafford. Okay. Yeah. So, let's just be honest here. It was such an awesome play. And I think that it's something that will grow as far as its iconic status as time goes on because you put together that ultimate Super Bowl package and you see that no look play. As far as Patrick Mahomes and his influence, Form of Matthew Stafford. I love what I hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think he, the way he handles the media, I think the way he addressed that Tom Brady question, saying, I'm just trying to get to three yeah. and trying to get to three Super Bowls. And we're going to talk about can Matthew Stafford go down as the best quarterback in Rams history? What does he need to do to do that? Because I think he needs to get that second Super Bowl to achieve that. And we're also going to talk about Brock Purdy versus Kurt Warner. What is the better Cinderella story? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Let's start with the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for just about anything that you can think of. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. And how about the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, right? Has room up to eight an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. And it's also got 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of tolling. So when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And you know this show is full of a lot of in-depth analysis and hot takes, right? Well, let me give you the hottest take of the day. The best lineup in L.A. right now is the lineup at Auto Loans at Logix. They start off at the top with one of the favorites, right? The proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big-time bucks. Next up, they've got an exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. And rounding out their lineup, they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buyout loans. With these guys, you can lower your monthly payments and get on the road to owning your car faster. Look, it is a hot take for sure. But seriously, no one can beat the lineup at Logix. Visit your local Logix branch right here in Los Angeles and surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you or just apply online at minutes at logicbanking.com forward slash car. That's L-O-G-I-X banking.com forward slash car. And Logix is a proud sponsor of For the Troops. For more information on the upcoming For the Troops gala, visit www.forthetroops.org forward slash event for more information. And we are off running here on Locked on Rams. Thank you for being on Locked on Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on Rams, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Also a reminder that Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever 
national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I was checking it out the other day. Angels podcast was cool. The Locked On one. How about Locked On Lakers? Big day for them talking about the trade deadline. Will the yeah. Lakers come up dry? You got Locked On Dodgers. Lots of exciting stuff, but definitely be sure to subscribe. Also, we always have to give a shout out to those every listeners out there. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you watching and listening to every single episode. And you can be an everyday listener too. We got a Super Bowl special right now. Membership is 100% free. So be sure to join, listen, and watch every episode. And you'll miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, second topic today, lots of chatter about Brock Purdy. And Brock yeah. Purdy, I have been nothing short of absolutely impressed. I mean, he is not a fluke player. He's someone that clearly looks like a top 10-ish quarterback in this league. Yes, he doesn't make throws like Patrick Mahomes, but some of his throws late against the Packers, some of his throws that we saw against the Detroit uh, the Detroit Lions, I mean, just so impressive there. And I think for me, it's not the arm talent, it's the decision-making. It's the mobility. He fits perfectly in Kyle Shanahan's system. But the topic here is, is he an elite quarterback moving forward? And how does his story compare with Kurt Warner? My opinion, though, I still think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll find out. I think, you know, I, I think it's too early to kind of put a, a, a label on him one way or the other. This is his second year in the league, right? We're still trying to figure it out. He doesn't do those things that make your eyes bug out of your head. He's not doing the Patrick Mahomes stuff. He's not doing the Joe Burrow stuff or even the, you know, the things that just are, oh my gosh. And I think that unfortunately for him, he's a victim of being on a team that has all of these great players. It it, it works against him as an individual because no matter how good he is, it's like, yeah, well, Christian McCaffrey's there. No matter how good he is, it's, yeah, George Kittle's there or Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel or yeah, he's playing with one of the best defenses in the league. They got Bosa and they've got Warner and they've got all – yeah, okay. But he's also the quarterback, which is the most important position. And to your point, Doug – he doesn't mess it up, and I guess that that's the definition of a game manager for some people, but what he does is he puts the ball where it's supposed to go. And to your point, in both of these playoff games this year, both against Detroit and in their first-round matchup against Green Bay, where they were behind early, he brought them back from a deficit, which was the big question that I had about him going into this playoff round. I know that from the head, we've seen it, right? As Rams people, we've seen this team when they're ahead, and they just choke you out. They just don't give you any opportunity to get back into it. The soft spot for them is can they do it from behind in two weeks in a row, two playoff games in a row? He's answered yes, and in large part because of what he's done. Those two runs against Detroit in the second half set up a couple of big touchdowns that ultimately ended up winning them the game. If he beats Patrick Mahomes, which here's the list of people that have beat Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, right? That that That's it, okay? that That's a pretty short list. You join that list, you've done a pretty darn good job. There's no doubt about it. If he wins this game, he is certified, but I think that he has already accomplished – something this postseason in that he they don't win despite him, right? They don't win in right. spite of him. They win because of him. I think he's additive. And let me preface this by saying I hate the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> I hate the 49ers. Trust me, I do with the Got pack. The players. Right? But I do want to say that he kind of earned my trust. He kind of won me over in that last drive against the Packers. He goes five for six, 47 yards, had that six-yard scramble deep in the red zone that would have turned to a third and long. He made that tight window throw to Kittle. Some of the out routes he made, I was impressed. And I just think that, look, this idea that he's Mr. Irrelevant, he's just this game manager and can have success in Kyle Shanahan's system is just not the case. But having said all that, I've heard people this week saying his story 
is on the same tier as Kurt Warner. Okay, absolutely not. His may be a made-for-TV movie. Kurt Warner is something that's a Disney movie, right? <laughs> it literally has been made into a movie, okay? And Kurt Warner, you look at his rise, it still doesn't make sense. Right. It really just does not make sense. Really, Kurt Warner's rise, this is someone who went from bagging groceries to playing in the Arena League to playing in NFL Europe, and he goes on to win the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and make it to the Hall of Fame. Okay, this will never happen again. The success that Kurt Warner had. Didn't get this opportunity until he was 27. I'll never forget right. Dick Vermeule saying, we'll rally around Kurt Warner. Remember those days we used to watch sports there like 50 times a morning? You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, I, just, I still sure. remember Vermeule. We're going to rally around Kurt Warner. Vermeule was always going to break out into tears, right? Yeah, and exactly. Very emotional. And I just think the Kurt Warner story is just unbelievable. It just it never gets old. Well, you go back to when Trent Green got hurt in the preseason, right? And I, I remember I was in it was here in LA. I was actually on PCH in Santa Monica. I, I remember where I heard this, and the news came that Trent Green had suffered an injury and Kurt Warner was going to step in and be their quarterback. And I remember thinking to myself, the running back from the Seahawks is now a quarterback. Like really? <laughs> like I, like that? That can't be right. He's a running. Like, okay. And it wasn't until later that night when I saw the other Kurt Warner. I'm like, oh, there's two guys named Kurt Warner. Okay, I get it. Uh, yeah. Good luck with this. I never. And then you hear he's a grocery bagger and an arena league guy and all of these things. But all he did was go out there and be amazing. And all he did was go out there and lead them to a couple of Super Bowl appearances, a Super Bowl championship along the way. I will say this, however, when it comes to the Purdy comparisons, Purdy's as close as you can get to Warner without it actually being Warner. He was the last pick in the draft. He only played because the guys of him either underperformed or got hurt. He went in there with the, with the mandate of, look, just don't blow this. And not only didn't blow it, but like to your point, Doug, was very additive in a lot of cases, and he's never let go of the job since then. It is a big now. It, now he's got to win on Sunday if he wants to go to that next level. But I, I, I'll be honest, that is a movie, man. That the last Mister Irrelevant gets his parade down in Newport, and that's usually the last time you ever hear of the guy. He could be the Super Bowl MVP. He could be a Super Bowl champion. They're really good. They could go back to the Super Bowl. Again and again and again. This could be the beginning of Kurt Warner 2.0. Look, I definitely agree. It's a fantastic story, but I think it's a great Netflix doc. It's not a movie <laughs> where you're auditioning actors to play Kurt Warner. There's, there's a movie called American Underdog about the Kurt Warner yeah. story. That's all I got to say. I mean, just look at that. I mean, goes to Northern Iowa, right? And then yeah. he worked out and was with the Packers in 1994. Then he gets released. Then you go to the... Iowa, you go to the Iowa Barnstormers of the, the arena. Barnstormers. Go look at those helmets. Those helmets were fire for the Iowa Barnstormers. <laughs> and then he goes and then he plays in Amsterdam for the Amsterdam right. Admirals, right? To make it back there at 27 to do what he did. And he wasn't just a good quarterback. He was elite. I mean, when the MVP threw 41 touchdown passes, you have the greatest show on turf. I mean, yep. it's almost incomprehensible that rise. And you look at Brock Purdy, at least he was drafted. I mean, he was missing. He, he, was. he was drafted, right? He was drafted, but again, the similarities don't that Kurt Warner stepped into a team that had Marshall Falk and had Torrey Holt and yeah. had uh, Isaac Bruce and had a Hall of Fame left tackle in Orlando Pace that had the pieces of a really, really good team. 
so did Brock Purdy, right? That this, this was not where all of a sudden you've taken the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl or or the you know the the San Diego Chargers, a team that has a history of just being trash. This is a guy that stepped into a team that McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, a really good head coach, a really highly functioning defense, and was put in the cockpit and said, "Hey, look, you got to land this plane." But at least he landed the plane. Same thing with Kurt Warner. No doubt about it, but from going from paper or plastic to winning a Super Bowl, <laughs> to, he was so close. If it Crazy. weren't for San Antonio Holmes, he would have been the first quarterback in NFL history to it win. It wasn't for Tom Brady, Bowl right? He would have gotten another one. Yeah, exactly. As a starter. Yeah. So I think it's a great story, but uh, we'll see if Brock Purdy can get that Super Bowl, that Lombardi trophy like Kurt Warren did. But coming up in our final segment, was Matthew Stafford robbed of the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 56? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRAs with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal information, claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first three percent match must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The three percent matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever your podcast, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our final segment, we're talking about Super Bowl 56. Of course, the Rams won 23 to 20. It was an epic game, SoFi Stadium. But here we're going to revisit the topic. Was Matthew Stafford robbed after not winning that Super Bowl MVP? If you look at Cooper Cup, eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Matthew Stafford, 26 for 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He became the first quarterback in Super Bowl history to throw three touchdowns and not win Super Bowl MVP. Love me some Cooper Cup. That should have been Matthew Stafford's Super Bowl MVP. I think it is absolutely impossible to untangle the two of them together. I, I, I don't I don't know the answer to this. Maybe it has happened before. But if there was ever a case for co-Super Bowl MVPs, I think that was it because neither one of them gets it without the other. I think they're impossible to say. Keep in mind the circumstances of what happened towards the end of that game. Rams fans will remember this. You remember this. They didn't have any other options, right? Odell Beckham Jr. had gone down with an injury. All of the other Ram receivers just vaporized. They were gone. The Rams had very little running game to speak of at that point. It was basically, we're going to throw it to number 10 every single time, see if you can stop it. 
and they couldn't. And the reason they couldn't is because Stafford was putting it in places where nobody other than Cup was getting it. He was throwing those no-look passes that we're talking about, that he kept running route after route after route and dime after dime after dime that was literally indefensible. I don't mind that they gave it to Cooper Cup, but had they said, you know what, it's Matthew Stafford, MVP, not one single person in SoFi Stadium would have said, really? Not one person. It was one of those few times where it was a complete and perfect collaboration between two guys firing at the highest level of their game. Look, I think if he gets back, he could win it again, right? That he 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 proved those questions that, you know, can he win a big game? It, there's no more of those questions. Give him another shot and let's see if he can go do it. And obviously he's still at a level that where his game speaks to that and Cooper Cups maybe isn't. So he, if they get there again, I think he's got to be the front runner to get it. But Cup was just unreal in that. Maybe not statistically, but knowing what was about to happen on that final drive, hard to, hard to argue that it should have gone somewhere else for me. Cub was absolutely incredible, but I think part of the reason why he won the award was because of the incredible regular season he did have with sure. the triple crown season he put together and that final drive, that catch. But still, even that goal line touchdown, that was a throw that almost 90% of the league is not going to make, right? Oh, yeah. I still think that you made the best point, too, that you look at no OBJ, no Higby, no Blanton. You, My brother in Christ, you completed four <laughs> big plays to Bryson Hopkins, okay? <laughs> you had no running game, okay? So he definitely was going out there with limited options and was still able to make the throw. And still, if you look at the three touchdowns, yes, he did have two interceptions, but one we talked about earlier, the no-look play, the oh. no-look pass, that incredible pass that really was incredible. And also for this, Travis, Stafford had six players that get that got two or more catches. Crazy. Six players with two or more catches. So he spread the ball around. So I definitely think it should have been Matthew Stafford. And yeah, they, game, they, they, they gave the jet sweep to Cup on that fourth down play that yeah. had not really worked particularly well in that moment. It just Cup took that huge shot in the back of the end zone prior to getting the touchdown pass that uh, I mean, I don't know anything, obviously, but I find it very hard to believe that he probably wasn't concussed on that play. And yet there yeah. he was catching the touchdown a few a few seconds later, it felt like. So, yeah, I, I again, I, I, I like to stick my foot in the ground on these things sometimes and say it should have been this guy or that guy. You could have picked either. And quite frankly, if we're being honest, Mac. You could have given it to Aaron Donald, too, and I don't think anybody would have been all that upset about the decision because he was all over the field that night as well. And that's how you win the Super Bowl, right? You have three good choices to win the MVP. Pretty good chance you're going to win that game. Yeah, we're in a mind meld because I was about to say that you could have made the case that it should have been Stafford, Donald, then Cup. Yeah, with what sure. Aaron Donald did and just that last ferocious play. I mean, that's probably my favorite play I've ever seen as far as how hype I got after that, as far as oh, watching right. NFL games. So yeah, I could not agree with you more, but still, this is no, nothing against Cooper cup because Cooper cup was absolutely essential to that win. But I just, we talked about Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner won Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 34. And we're talking about real quickly, just spend like, you know, a couple seconds here talking about what Matthew Stafford has to do to surpass Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner played six seasons. He was a multi-time all pro, a three-time pro bowler. I think the only way for Stafford to surpass him, it's easy has to win a second Super Bowl. Yep. 
I mean, it, yep, it, it's, it's because here's the thing. Neither one of them were the quarterback of the Rams for a super long time. It's not like they're going to hold the record of just they were there the longest, so they did, you know, we, we've had so many Ram quarterbacks come through. It's going to come down to who won the most Super Bowls, and maybe you split the hair and that Kurt Warner is the greatest St. Louis Ram quarterback of all time and Matthew Stafford's the greatest Los Angeles Ram quarterback of all time, but – for Stafford specifically, the challenge that he faces is that he spent the vast majority of his career on a different team. Like, we, like if you went and lined up 100 NFL fans and said, what's the first thing you're thinking with Matthew Stafford? You're going to get way more Lions responses than you are Rams responses. Now, the longer he's here, the more that'll change. But, you know, he, he, he had his highest highs, statistically speaking, in another uniform. But if he gets a second Super Bowl, forget it. No doubt about it. Just wild to see how these things play out. I mean, Warner resurrected his career with the Cardinals, but yep. he was released by the Rams in 2003. So it's wild yep. to see how these things play out. All I have to say just to wrap this show up is I just want to see Cooper Cup give, I don't know what car he got, but give it to Matthew Stafford. Like Tom Brady gave Malcolm Butler his that 2014 red Chevrolet Silverado, whatever. There you go. I mean, it's never like the best car, but probably better than my buying my Honda Accord my grandma gave me but it definitely it's not it's like a Camaro right <laughs> I'll you take know, I'm team truck I'll take it all day long I'm a big guy Doug I need a lot of room a Camaro's low to the ground give me that Silverado I'll sit up above the traffic all day if Cooper Cup doesn't want it send it my way I want one of those Rivians, man. I know I know nothing about them, but I drive by like that looks pretty clean, man. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. You can follow the people chat, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house? It's Locked On Rams House.